0: Um, thank you. I am humbled and honoured to be here. Thank you, Jared and Vicky, for just embracing us so well and all of you. We have we feel like this is home. So I just want to thank you. We've felt incredibly blessed. I don't know if we've come to bless you or you've come to bless me. It's so confusing <laughs> um, because... We just feel really blessed. My my husband Ted here is an amazing man. And uh... (laughs) yeah. We, we came together. We've got two kids back home. I've got a 12-year-old called Angel, girl, and a little boy called Asa, who is five. So big gap because I was told I wouldn't have any children, but the devil is a liar, and that's why we have two. I was telling some people, on. I think we were telling the guys at Beverly Minster, if you were there, that uh, the doctors actually said to me I had a 1% chance of falling pregnant with fertility treatment with my second son. So that's actually awesome good news because it gives God 99% to work with, which is pretty good favor, it's pretty good option. So um, yeah, we're really blessed and it's actually our 25th wedding anniversary this year. I know we look super young and it's because we got married when we were really young. I've actually known Ted since I was eight years old. Can you believe that? Oh, it's cute, isn't it? It's so cute. And uh, Ted's dad was actually my pastor. So that's how we know each other. How's that? That's pretty cool. And um, it's Ted's 50th this year and our 25th so we decided to make a trip of it and come and see you guys and I'm telling you I've probably spent about eight months praying about you, praying about this trip and what God wants to release and you know we get asked to travel to a lot of places and because I'm still a young mum I don't and I actually am a little bit of an introvert, I know most people won't believe that that's true but I am and so traveling for me is not like a thing that I like to do all the time so I'm always saying Lord is this where you want me to go if he says yes we say yes but I don't need to go away a lot I'm happy baking cookies at home and writing my books and doing the school run I just absolutely love it so to be here means God wants us here. So I'm th- I thank you for welcoming us so well. And I uh, just my beautiful friends, Mary and Adrian, and my new friends, oh, Grace from Australia, who is with us. She's beautiful. She's one of our team. Don't you love her paintings? Aren't they amazing, prophetic paintings? But I also just want to honour the band. You have been amazing this weekend. Some new friends. So Harry, thank you. Matt, Gerald, Steve... Vicki and Nigel on sound and Nat and the rest of the team. You've just been amazing. I know how much work goes into this. So thank you. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to get through this because I feel completely wrecked in the holy spirit that worship was just so beautiful so i've said for the band to stay up and i um i think we're going to do a bit of tag teaming so maybe get your instruments ready and just start to play underneath me if that's all right and if god just wants to release a prophetic song you just go for it no pressure at all (laughs) um and as Jared said, you know, my history is worship. I'm a worship leader back home. I, I've recorded eight albums. I spent many years touring the country as a Christian artist. You know, I got to tour, have some amazing experiences with bands like DC Talk and Michael W. Smith and Jars of Clay. And you know, oh, you excited about that, Gerald? That's awesome. <laughs> And then I've um, had the privilege of vocal coaching for shows like The X Factor and The Voice and doing session work on TV. And, you know, all of it's been God's favour. It's, it's, um, I've never pushed or shoved. I'm not that kind of person. I'm just not driven like that. So I'm really thankful for those experiences. But I've got to tell you, the best experience is being in God's presence and just worshipping him, even if it's just me and him by ourselves. It's the most amazing, amazing thing. And to have a song in your heart, whether you're a musician or not, to have a song in your heart that God has given you, the story of your life, the passion, the, the thing that gets you up in the morning... That is so important, and it's what the devil tries to steal more than anything else. You guys can just play underneath me if you want. Sorry, I should have said that. But, um, and that's what I want to talk about today, and it's been my personal experience. You know, all that, all that experience that I had when I was about, maybe it was 28 or 29, we were on a tour, and we'd been working really hard. Like, Christian music in Australia is hard. You like You don't do it to be rich, basically. It's truly missions work. And we'd done this tour and we'd funded it ourselves, you know, 15 years ago, I think it was a $20,000 budget and it was just me and Ted, there was no church backing us. And we were on this tour and I started to feel really unwell. And halfway through this trip, I was on a platform in Adelaide and I actually fainted, I collapsed on stage. And when i went back home the doctors diagnosed me with a a condition called fibromyalgia and they just said to me you're probably never going to sing again chronic fatigue syndrome is pretty much what it is they said you'll probably never sing again you'll probably not even be able to have a normal life because it was a pretty severe case i couldn't get out of bed and you know i don't know about you if you've ever had diagnoses like that i actually just believed the doctors because i was tired You know, I just went, oh, this is what I got, you know. And I I literally spent two years in my pyjamas, not doing anything, not singing. I was angry, I was frustrated, I couldn't do anything. I was tired, my body would not work. And uh, I still remember the night when everything changed. Because I still love Jesus. If you've ever had that experience where you've not been well in your body, but you love the Lord and you know what the Scriptures say, you know that He talks about healing and life in your body, but it's not happening to you. It's a really interesting tension in your life, isn't it? Because God's Word is still true. But when it's not happening in your own life, it's really interesting to navigate around that. But I'm here to say I'm totally healed of fibromyalgia. (laughs) And it's, it really is a miracle what the Lord's done in my life, you know, because I really thought that I would never sing again. And it's really only the kindness of God. It was His kindness that means that I am here. I still remember having... It's one of the only few times this has ever happened to me. And I don't know if it's going to be as dramatic for any of you that are struggling with these kind of things, but I actually woke up in the middle of the night and I had an open vision and I saw this book flying into the room and it came and and sort of landed on my bed and it was the word of god i knew it was the word of god the pages start flying out and all of a sudden this sword pulls out of this bible and i could hear it you know that sound you hear in the movies like the sh- and if I, I looked over to my left, which was by the edge of my bed, and there was this dark figure standing beside me. And I knew it was uh, a demon. I don't know how I knew this stuff, but it was a demon. And in between me and this demon was this sword. And so I hear this sword just come and stand between me and this demon. <coughs> and then I hear, like, gates just go bang, like something's finished. And I felt something push me. Can I grab the water, huh? Can you grab me some water? I felt something push me back on the bed and I slept the best that I've ever slept. Excuse my coughing, too much talking this weekend. And when I woke up, I was like, I actually feel pretty good. It actually felt like something had been holding me, my whole body really tight, and then something just let go of my whole body. And within three months after that vision, I was completely healed of fibromyalgia. Thank the Lord. (laughs) So I'm sharing that with you because my theme this morning is that there's many things in your life that are going to try and take your song. For me, it was literal, you know, the enemy was trying to take my song, but he's actually trying to take everybody's song. You know, the Psalms say, sing a new song to the Lord only if you are a singer. No, it doesn't say that, does it? (laughs) Sing a new song to the Lord is actually a command. And Psalm 28, verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I will praise him. So I want to talk to you today about never letting your song die, no matter what happens in your life. Don't let your song die. The devil is a song thief. He wants to steal it. He wants to take away things. He wants to rob you of that joy because it's hard to sing when you don't have joy. And we know the joy of the Lord is our strength, hey? So that's why the song is so important. Why does He want to take our song? Why? Well, have a listen to this, this is quite powerful. So Psalm 149 shows the primary powers of a song. So it starts by saying, praise the Lord. That's Psalm 149. Most of you may know what that word praise is in Hebrew. It's halal. halal, And it basically means to freak out for God. Like go totally crazy. Now, if you were in Melbourne, Australia, that would be like Ted going to a Collingwood football match, right? He just comes back and he's got no voice. In fact... My daughter went with him to the football once and she came back in tears going, Mum, I was scared. Dad was crazy. (laughs) So that's how this psalm starts. It goes, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assemblies of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, and he will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud in their beds. Let the high praises of God God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Then we get to verse 7. To execute vengeance on the nations. Now I'm just like, what? What has this got to do with it? This is like, yay, we're so happy. God's awesome. Let's execute vengeance on the nations. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a British comedy to me. We're big British comedy fans, like a um, Mr Bean scene or something. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute them on the written judgment. This honour has all the saints. Praise the Lord. And I'm like, okay. So this scripture has two tones to it. Why? Well, we're seeing the two sides to the power of your song. One side is the power of rejoicing and delight, but the other side, get this, is that your song has the power to transform cities and overtake armies. Your song can bind kings with chains. Wow. Okay, do you know what that makes me think? My song is not just about me. It's about my city. It's about my nation. No wonder the enemy wants you to stop singing. No wonder he wants you to think about your own struggle and your pain. Because it's not just about you and me, is it? It's connected to what's happening in our city. Here's another example of the power of the song in the Bible that can be found here. It's in Psalm 137. And it's when the Israelites were taken captive. Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our lyres, hanging them on the branches of the willow trees. For there our captors demanded a song of us. Our tormentors requested a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs from Jerusalem. And what did the Israelites say? But how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill upon the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you and I don't make Jerusalem my highest joy. You know, it's really interesting that they said, how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? They understood that their song was connected to their city. Isn't that powerful? Like, How can we sing this somewhere Else, You know, they were saying to God, if I forget my responsibility to the city, my communion, my nation, my community and my nation, take away my talent. You know, that's quite powerful. I'm actually, I was amazed when I studied this, you know, and just like the Israelites had songs that had power over regions, our song has the power over our land, over our families and that's why he doesn't want you to sing but we're not going to let him stop us you know satan tries to use every circumstance to make that song silent some of you here it might even be a literal thing maybe you've had someone say to you that you weren't a very good singer growing up and so you've just never sung again by something one person has said it's like shut your voice down For some of you, it is physical. You've had illness in your life and you're just like, I just can't, I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity. Well, it's time to get your song back. It's time to get your song back. What would happen if every single person in this room went, I have a song to sing. Now, it doesn't matter if you have a voice and we're not just talking about a a, a literal song here. I'm talking about the joy of your life, the thing that God has put inside of you that makes your whole life sing. You need to have that in your heart and you need to step up and take it back. Don't let the enemy shut you down. It's time to awake to the power of your song. Amen. Here's another example of what a song can do. And you'll know this story. There's something really powerful about this scripture that I love. It's in Acts 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and every chain was loosed and the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open supposing the prisoners had fled drew his sword and was about to kill himself but Paul said do yourself no harm we are all here what an amazing scene can you imagine that Paul and Silas singing in prison, and what's happening Prisoners were listening. That's what that scripture says. It says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, and the prisoners were listening. The reason why you have to sing is because the prisoners are listening. The prisoners are listening. He wants to take that away so that prisoners will stay prisoners, eh? <laughs> Well, that's not gonna happen around here, hey? The atmosphere was overturned by the power of a song. I love that. So the best thing that you can do is release that sound, is to sing your little heart out, however that looks and see what the Lord will do. Psalm 40 verse 3, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. I'll praise God's name. Psalm 69 verse 30, in song and glorify Him with thanksgiving. You know, that song, that sound, it looks different on everybody. How I release joy in my heart, is going to be different to you you know just like um, as Jared said I love the prophetic I love to sing the spontaneous song I love to worship but for you it might be some other way that you experience his joy and his presence but the prisoners are listening and it's attached to your city so you must sing it out you know I want to share I don't know why I want to share this story I've never actually shared this publicly but I feel to here because it's something that happened in England and Maybe some of you may even know this story personally. But about 15 years ago, I was leading worship in a church and this gentleman came up to me at the end with a cassette tape. And he said, I I felt to give this to you. I don't know if you ever heard about um, the experience where angels started singing at this little church in England, but I wondered if you want this cassette tape. I'm like, give it to me now. (laughs) And uh, I said, okay. So the story was, it was this little church, maybe 50 people were at this church, it was a piano, guitar and a vocal. And you can hear it on the tape. They just start to sing. They're just worshiping the Lord. And then all of the sudden, you hear thousands of angels just start to sing. And I'm listening to this cassette tape and tears are just falling down my face, right? And you can hear the band just going, can you hear that? Can you hear that? Thank you, Jesus. And they're all like, stop. And for 20 minutes, these angels just keep singing in the congregation. And the whole congregation heard this song. Does anyone know this story? Do you know it? I am so moved by that, that as soon as people started to sing, something happened in the atmosphere. I'm always listening for the angels. I don't know about you, but I'm always like, you're welcome. If you want to sing, you can sing. So what I want to do today, I've only got my little short message. I'm not preaching for very long, but I've kept the band up because I don't know why, but I just feel like Um, what you guys, this is going to sound even weirder but I even was thinking I don't know if you have anything in Turkish or Norwegian that you want to sing out but I feel like something significant is going to happen when you do that. So Mary is our Norway director for Sounds of the Nations Oceana which is our missions organisation that's headed up by Dan McCullum and Adrian's our Turkey director. So these guys have given up their lives in America to go and help people release their song, to release the song of the Lord in the sound of the people. And we are seeing revival. I think we're seeing revival taking place in the nations by people releasing their own song and sound. And so I'm going to start with that, and then I'll come back. But anyway, you do what you want. But that's just what I'm thinking.
1: The Jesus do I know? til oss, Jesus. Åh, velkommen. Åh, for din arvare. Takk hellig du er Vi 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 deg, Jesus. Vi el-
2: could hams
1: Vi trenger, Jesus. Å, du är er tränga Jesus. Och du är stor. Du är er stor din
2: Yeni bir şey yapıyorum Yeni bir şey yapıyorum